The central idea of this section is that the classical wave equation can be categorized as a partial, homogeneous, second-order, hyperbolic, linear differential equation. And the reason we included this section was to help you understand what each of those terms means, and specifically, when it comes to linearity, how that impacts the solutions to the wave equation. The reason we treat linearity last is not because it's the least important, it's really just the opposite. It's that there's so much involved with this that we wanted to get through the others rather more quickly, so I'll do the same. The fact that the wave equation is a partial differential equation shouldn't come as a surprise if you track the earlier sections. Wave functions depend on more than one variable, at least one position variable, and time as well. For such functions, the interesting physics comes about when you have partial differential equations. We also point out that it's homogeneous, and as it says in the text, homogeneous differential equations are those equations in which all terms involve the dependent variable, in this case, the displacement y or its derivatives. That is, there are no source terms, as we talk about in the case of Newton's law. The wave equation is also second order. Once again, this was treated in a previous section. There are certainly first order versions of the wave equation, but if you want your wave equation to pertain to waves propagating in both directions, you're going to need a second order differential equation, which is the classical wave equation. It's generally true in physics that a lot of important equations involve not just a parameter or the change in that parameter, but the change in the change of that parameter. For example, in Newton's second law, forces are related to accelerations. Accelerations are the second derivative of position. We also point out that the classical wave equation is hyperbolic in that this equation is analogous to the equation of a hyperbola. That is, it involves the difference between second-order quantities. And you should make sure you understand that second-order, when applied to differential equations, refers to second derivatives whereas second order when applied to algebraic equations often means the square of the term. And the second derivative of a function is very different from the square of the first derivative of a function. So just make sure you don't confuse those two. But as we said, it's the linearity property of the wave equation that has the most impact on the physics of the solutions. Why is the wave equation linear? Well, all the terms are to the first power, and there are no cross terms, which are, for example, the product of a term involving the wave function and a term involving one of its derivatives. So why is linearity so important? The simple answer is superposition. As we describe in the text, if two waves occupy the same place at the same time, and each of those waves satisfies the classical wave equation, then the combination of those waves also satisfies the classical wave equation. In other words, the two waves, when they interact, form a third wave that is the combination of them, and if they then pass through the region of interaction, they each retain their original character. So there's an example in this section that shows two sine waves with different phase constants. They have the same wave number, the same angular frequency, but they have different starting phases. That is, epsilon naught is different between the two waves. You can see those two waves in figure 212 and their combination in figure 213. To find that combination, we simply added the value of each wave at any given position to the value of the other wave at that same position. And you can see that function we call y total is also a sinusoidal wave. It has a different amplitude and a phase offset from the two waves, that is, it reaches a peak at a different time from either of the two component waves, but it's also a sinusoidal wave, just as the two original waves were. 
Summing two waves in this way is certainly possible, but it's a little bit tedious. And this is where phasers come in. For example, in 2.14, we've drawn phasers representing the function y1 and the function y2 at time t equals 0 and at position x equals 0. To find the combination of these waves, you simply do a vector addition of these two wave functions, because phasers add just like vectors. If you don't remember how to do vector addition, look back in chapter 1. But one way to do it is to use this parallelogram rule in which you slide one of the vectors without changing its length or its direction so that its tail is at the head of the other vector. Then you go from the beginning of the first one to the end of the second one. That's called y total. If you want to know what its magnitude is, you can simply use a ruler. If you want to know its phase angle, you can use a protractor. Or you can simply count up the x and y components and use the algebraic approach described in chapter 1. In figure 215, we've shown the same two phasers. Now remember, we picked two phasers that have the same wave number, the same frequency. So this is at a later time. And both have rotated around. That's the omega t angle you see in figure 215. But notice you still add them in the same way. So that y total vector simply rotates around the origin at the same rate at which the y1 and y2 phasers are rotating. And if you take its projection onto the vertical axis, you will get the exact same values that you can find using the approach of figure 213. So phasers are extremely useful in computing the superposition of two waves. The last bit of this section is simply figure 216, in which we show the expanded wave equation. Expanded means that we have additional notations on it. You see there why we call it a partial differential equation, because it involves partial derivatives. Why we call it second order, because these are second derivatives. Why it's linear, because these are raised to the first power. And why it's homogeneous, because once you've collected all the terms involving the wave function on the left side, there's no remaining term on the right side. There are a number of equations that are related to the wave equation, some of which are called wave equations, and those are the subject of the next section.